to Ram Book Pod, second season. Unbelievably, we're back after a pandemic-related break, and we're here to talk about books that we love, and we're starting off our second season talking about Friends to Lovers books, and I also took the time to talk to uh, Priscila Oliveras because she's one of my favorite Latinx romance writers, and September is Hispanic History Month, so I figured this is a great way to start our year. Welcome, Priscila. Hi, gracias. Thank you so much for the invitation to chat. I've been really looking forward to it. I've been too. I even took a pre-nap so I could be like ready <laughs> for the day. Man, that was a great idea. I wish I would have. I'm like juggling multiple deadlines right now. So part of me is like, Perete, what's my name again? <laughs> so, but I, I've been, this, I've set so many, I was so excited, like set a reminder for yesterday. I set a reminder for a couple of hours before and then like an hour before. You know, you yeah, I, down to Anna time. So I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I am so glad you said yes. And I'm so glad that we get to talk about books. Now, you're down south, right? And yeah. in the middle of this pandemic, right. all of us are stuck at home, but mm-hmm. we can always travel through our books, right? And for you, you shared with us Island Affair, right? Which is your newest book. And that takes us to uh, Key West and, and all the islands down south there. What are you doing now, right now that you're home and you can't go to those places, just relying on your memory and thinking? Well, the Keys to Love series, Island Affair is book one in the series. And actually mm-hmm. right now I'm revising book two. It's called Anchored Hearts. And I lived in Key West. We, My dad was in the Navy and we moved there excuse me, the summer before my seventh grade year. So all junior high, all high school, mm-hmm. and then even in college and, and early married life, if I was going quote unquote home, you know, to visit mommy and papi, it was home to Key West. So I rely on a lot of my memories. Thank goodness for technology. One, during the pandemic, it's helping us stay connected to family and friends, but also to Google and Google mm-hmm. Maps and Google Satellite uh, is a, while I'm writing is a good way to travel and put myself in a place, whether it's Key West or if I'm, you know, I actually just finished writing and revising a novella that will come out in an anthology next June called Summer in the City. And that is, takes place in New York City. Oh, wow. So um, whether I was, so I was doing a lot of Google Maps and, you know, and, and Google Satellite, that kind of stuff to put myself in different locations throughout the city to get like mm-hmm. the bird's eye view. Because yes, I can remember, but from when I was there, but you also, it, it helps me to kind of visualize it more. But um, I agree with you. We've gotten, actually, I was just talking with a reader on Instagram about this yesterday, the number of places that books can take us, even when we're stuck at home yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the authors that we're going to talk about a little bit later, Adriana, um, she had mm-hmm. her book, Finding Joy, that came out earlier this summer. And takes you to Ethiopia, a right, country where she lived, in. And she lived there yeah. for some time. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so. A, a beautiful. And I'm hoping with Island Affair, one of my goals is if you visit it, I hope you feel, I hope reading the book evokes your memories and makes you feel like you revisited it. And if you've never been there, then I hope you feel like when you get to the end that you have actually put your toes in the sand at South Beach with Luis and Sarah and you've 
gone out on the boat, you know, to Snipes Point and you've stopped and taken a picture at the zero mile marker, you know, like they do and I've done and so many other people that go visit. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, So that's my hope that you feel like you've taken a vacation, even if it's virtually, you know, through Island Affair. I'm looking forward to that. Um, my brother lives in Miami, so whenever oh, okay. I read the, the, the Florida set books, it always makes me remember my visits to him and our time there. Oh, nice, nice. I hope they're doing okay, but Florida is is not a place we want to visit. <laughs> I'm, I'm indoors. Um, I hope they're doing okay down there. Yeah, my puppy is in uh, Daytona, and he's he's staying put masking up and just Good. avoiding all the crazy people and uh-huh. <laughs> yes that. same here same here mommy papi and i are going out when necessary um, i miss the beach but my hammock in the backyard is a very nice it's always been my number two place to kind of refill my well it is bumped up to number one these days <laughs> um, but it does the job that's great now i want to know priscilla what brought you to romance oh gosh well as a kid you know, like I read those Sweet Valley High, I gobbled up Victoria Holt gothic novels. And so I've always been like a romantic you know, um, I like a happy ending, you know, in my stories. Yeah. Uh, Nancy Drew always solved the mystery, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first time I read an adult romance novel was actually in Key West. Uh, my sophomore year, we were stuck in a hurricane shelter for several days in the Keys. And by day two, I was climbing the walls with boredom and obviously <laughs> bothering, you know, bothering my parents. And Fappy had taken as part of his hurricane supplies was um, one of them was a bag full of Harlequin presents and Harlequin romance novels because he was huh. a big he and he still is a romance reader and by day two he was like Mira <laughs> take one of my books and get leave us alone um, so that was that I was ushered into the world of adult romance um, thanks to a Harlequin romance all those years ago in that hurricane shelter and I just again it, I fell in love with that happily ever after to me mm-hmm. that is I really believe romance is, like some of us like to say, the genre of hope. Right. And stuff happens, right? But mm-hmm. um, life can suck and there is a lot of conflict. But if you have the right people around you and you grow and change in the ways you need to and you create like what we what we call in, in teaching romance, that healthy society around you, then anything is possible. And I feel like right now, especially we... We need that hope. Yeah, in, absolutely. In the, that, in the books that we read. So that's what drew me to romance. That's what keeps me writing romance is. Um, and I think even if I watch, like I'll watch an action film and I, I can be like, oh, that was a great movie. It would have been a little bit better. See, then, yeah, <laughs> you know, if, they had this, if that couple would have. Right. So I'm always looking for a romance thread in, in anything. Uh, so um, I'm firmly implanted in the romance genre. I hear you about that. I was a relationship reader long before I was discovered I was a romance reader. So I was reading those fantasy novels and finding the romance and finding the stories and then sometimes having my heart broken because the oh. authors didn't uh, value that the same way I did. Yes, um, the movies and the books. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't read that many um, non-romance, I will say. Um, some like how to self-help, those kinds of things, but any movies especially that... Mm-hmm where they don't end together. I'm like, I deal with days later. I'm like, but they they could have done this. <laughs> well, and 
even like plays, I remember I went to watch Peter and Natasha and the Comet of 1812, and mm-hmm. that's based on uh, War and Peace. Peter, yeah, it's War and Peace because it's my husband's in love with that book. He's read it like 12 times, and wow. like a lot of those novels, they have big romantic through lines. Mm-hmm. He's, he's always trying to get me to read them, and I always like. And what happens to the couple? Uh huh. Yes. And and so when we were watching it. I explained to him like some of like our, our tropes, the grovels, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is where this fell down. <laughs> this is where it could have been good. <laughs> this is where they missed the mark. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where like as a romance reader, I am glad those two didn't end up together. That would have been I, a travesty. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> My girls kind of know the same. If they have watched a movie or seen uh, whether, you know, when we were going to movie theaters or on the, on the television and they'll say, oh, this is so good. It, especially if I know that there's a romance that then uh, now I don't even have to say is am I going to be happy or satisfied mm-hmm. with the ending I don't even have to ask that they they will say mom you'll be okay with the ending or mom it's a great <laughs> movie pero I don't think you're gonna watch <laughs> <laughs> or so, to at least prepare me exactly that I... way you know like if I'm gonna see tragedy I better know about it <laughs> yes yes if if he's gonna die right at the end I, I need prep I need to I need to be prepared Yes. Or I'm going to rewrite it in my head. <laughs> exactly. I mm-hmm. thank goodness I was just in a conversation with Alexis and um, Adriana, um, oh, yeah. and we were talking about fanfic and mm-hmm. the the that element of that driving desire of fixing a story that doesn't go right. Uh-huh. Um, and sometimes it's about putting us ourselves in the center, but sometimes it's just being able to rewrite it in your head because you're like so disappointed where the authors went. <laughs> Yes, that's why I I tell I tell my students I teach an online um, class for Ed to go like a continuing education class called romance writing, and I mentor um, adjunct faculty with my MFA program at Seton Hill University. And one of the things we talk about is you can even learn from the books or the movies that don't you know speak to you or that mm-hmm. miss a mark somehow for you because then how would you as a if, if it's a book as a reader where did it, where did it, you know, go wrong for you? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and how would you then, so what do you not want to do in your book? Or how would you change it to apply, you know, to your book, to your writing? So we can learn from the books that we love, mm-hmm. you know, studying them and seeing there, there are so many times I'm reading a book and I find myself, like I'll pause all of a sudden and, and realize, man, I, I almost said, I almost said, damn. And then I was like, <laughs> Can I say that? You can. Damn, that was good. And I'll go back to reread it to appreciate because I appreciated it as a reader already, but then to go back and appreciate it as a writer, you know, what that, what the other author has done. But the same thing, if if there's something that I'm like, oh, it doesn't, what, what can I, how can I learn from that to what would I want to do different so that it did meet my reader expectations um, or to make sure that I don't do that in my, in my own writing or try not to anyway. Right. I mean, we're not going to please everyone, but yep. it is still, uh, I think you're totally right. There's, there's, I mean, there's some books that I'm very glad I've read, even if they didn't satisfy me in some way, because 
they taught me something about what the author was trying to do mm-hmm. or or it taught me something about myself or something I need in a story. Like, I mean, there's stories I feel like, you know, like sometimes they just they finish and you want to see more. Right. Because you you are a person that needs a little bit more settled mm-hmm. and you learn about yourself as a reader of like, what are you an epilogue reader or you're a, a blog skipper? Are you someone who needs their books to be interconnected? And I think mm-hmm. we, we learn all that as we as we explore. Yes. Yes. Now, when you decided to write romance, did you always know that you were going to write romance with Latinx characters? No. And I, and I will say, um, I've shared this, you know, on panels and other places. I feel that I started writing when I was really young and, and, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know much about the genre other than as a reader. But I, w- I was doing, it, it took me 26 years of writing from the day I started typing like chapter one until I signed my first contract with Kensington, which so that's a long time. Yeah. Um, I like to say, well, I did a lot of loving. I did a lot of living. I, you know, that hopefully those experiences now enriched my books. Mm-hmm. But anyway, in the beginning, I did what I, what we all are mm-hmm. told and what I tell my students is study the books that you like study the books that are out there. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately at that time, you know, back then I rarely saw any books that had Latinos, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Latin, the people from the Latinx population as the leads. And right. so my, my early books were bad for a lot of reasons. <laughs> right. But I also know that it was not until like my first golden heart final, the first book that mm-hmm. I had people interested that I, that I got a, revise and resubmit eventually mm-hmm. they said yeah it's not quite right what else do you have right were the first was the first book that I wrote with Latinx leads and I think I needed to grow and learn mm-hmm. more in the, in the genre but also I need I came into like my own and I realized that the stories that were inside of me were the people that I wanted to write about mm-hmm. were a little bit different it mm-hmm. was Reading the Encanto line that Kensington had years ago with with Berta Platas and Caridad Piñero and Laura Rios and and several others, right? Those were yeah. that was the first time that I picked up a book, and it, there were people that looked like mi familia, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. they were in San Antonio, you know, Tex-Mex, Mexican Americans, whether they were people from Puerto Rico, like my mm-hmm. you know my my mommy's side. Um, that was the first time, and I think that was a switch for me to then realize that part of the problem with my stories were that I don't think I was being true to what I wanted to write and what I wanted to more see on on this on the page and on the shelves yeah like I came too late to romance to have read the, the Encanto line um I'm trying to track some of those down by used right. bookstores and stuff like that and it's hard going but it's for me it was some of your books that were the first where I was seeing uh, Latinos written by Latinos because mm-hmm. so often I would see a Puerto Rican character and I'd be so excited and it was written by a white author who had uh, maybe minimal exposure <laughs> to West Side Story at some point uh, <laughs> and, and you you took it because that's what there was nothing else mm-hmm. um, but if there's a marked difference like I always will remember uh, Jeremy shopping for olives and find trying to find all the right things and it felt like oh yes 
you know, as a Puerto Rican person. So, yeah. Uh, that was fun. I think uh, there's been fun times in Rose's book, actually, um, mm-hmm. Her Perfect Affair. Papi, one of my, my dad, one of his uh, sayings is no me diga, right? Like you don't, you don't say, or like, don't say that, you know, it's, um, and he uses it, we use it in a variety of ways, so like literally translate, mm-hmm. literally translate it, no me digas is like, don't tell me, right? Or don't right. tell me that. But he says it in like a wow, or I can't believe, <laughs> right? And somebody says it, I, I can't even remember, one, one of the admonas, one of the sisters in, and I was back in my, in the office at my desk writing and Papi came in with Rose's book in his hand and he said, oh yeah, I'm in your book. And I said, what? And he said, no me digas. <laughs> you know, with this little grin on, on, on his yeah. face. Um, so we try and, and even in, um, in Island Affair, when my first daughter, my firstborn was reading it uh, because Yes, they buy it, but my girls, uh, I, I, I always wonder, are they going to really read it? Are they just buying it to be supportive? So it's on the bookshelf. They can send me a picture. Look, mom. Uh, but she started texting me. There are a few, not Easter, not little Easter eggs, but just there are little snatches of things that happen like in our, in our, you know, familia um, or like there's a little golden doodle puppy. And, you know, we, we had a golden doodle who passed away last year, or there's when Luis talks about his abuela being a rock star domino player <laughs> who, if you were going to be her partner, you need to be paying attention, mm-hmm. right? Like my girls can tell you a story of, of times like that with my abuela, their bisabuela, their great grandmother, same yeah. way. Um, and so I enjoy hearing from readers that that say, oh, it's this room, you know, I can see me or my prima or, you know, mi familia in your books. Uh, but also knowing that my girls and, and my familia can see themselves is is gives me a sense of joy, you know, to see, that they see that books like that and, and our, our representation out there on the shelves or on people's Kindles, you know, it's, to me, that's really important. Yeah, I think it, it makes such a difference to read a book and to suddenly feel yourself like, I'm there. That's mm-hmm. a piece of me. And like your dad, it doesn't have to be somebody literally who looks like you. It can just be that phrase, that moment of memory, um, and maybe that item that they're eating, and you're just like, yes, yes, this is yeah. the reality I know. I think that's across the board. That is the importance of diversity mm-hmm. and in the books for adults, for kids, for that, that validation or that self, that sense of there's someone out there like me mm-hmm. or, you know, or even I'm, that's me, you know, mm-hmm. kind of that, that they can see. Um, I think that's so important. And, and so for all, all those people out there, you know, the voices that are calling for, more and more. I hope mm-hmm. we just keep keep getting louder. Keep getting louder. Yeah. Every time there's a book announcement for uh, a Black, a Latino, Asian author, I'm so excited mm-hmm. because it's sort of like yes, more stories about more people in the world. Um, that just grows us as a community. Yes. And and for those who are outside of our community, I, mm-hmm. I, I did on a panel. I had someone in the audience once ask me. Hey, if, if I'm not Latinx, I'm, you know, will I be able, you know, really, will I identify with your book? And my, my first, my first, <laughs> I know my first answer was, 
it's a romance. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you're a romance reader, or if you want to learn more about, if you want to experience a romance novel, then yes, my book, Alexis's book, Quana Jackson's book, mm-hmm. Tiff Marcello's book, Pin Tips books, right? And anybody, uh, um, yeah. any of Adriana's books that mm-hmm. are Latinx, that are LGBTQ, that like, all of those, right? Yeah. Um, that, that's a part of. It's our common characters. humanity, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, like the being Latino or, or La- Latina for the Fernandez sisters, you know, Latino for Luis and and whatever yeah. is a part of who they are, but it's not all of who they are. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it enriches the story. I feel like it enriches the story. And if you're Latinx, I hope you feel like, yeah, hey, that's my abuela or whatever. Right. But well, if you're not, I hope you just feel like you've experienced a little bit of our culture. Right. I mean, like I when I picked up her perfect affair, I was also paying attention to the school librarian rap. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, let's see how this is done, uh, because that's that's another part of my identity. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot multiple entry points and connection points. Mm-hmm. And it's as Latinos, we've often had to hold on to those things because we didn't see ourselves as Latinos in the books. And it's just so nice when there can be like you see yourself in multiple ways. You're like, oh, they're Cubs fans like I am. Yes. You know. <laughs> yes. Boy, writing the, writing the scene in their perfect melody when Lily and Diego take um, a group of kids from the youth center to the Cubs game was so fun. Just pre- pretending you were there. I didn't. I did not have to use Google Satellite for that. <laughs> um, I just put myself in those bleacher seats and I had. Uh, a hot dog in one hand and ice cream in the other. And I was cheering like Lily. It was fun. That's the fun part of, I think, writing is when you get to fall into the, your story and be there uh, um, with your characters and then hoping you can get that on the page so that your readers feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you're we a got big... way off track. Oh, no. Hey, that's how <laughs> we are. This is, you know, we talk casual conversation. We're going to go fun places because yeah, that's that's who we are, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you're a big part of the Latinx uh, ROM community. You're part of like the Four Chicas chat. You really work to promote other Latino writers. What do you find about that community? Uh, it's super supportive, super supportive as far as um, you know, something good happens to one and we're, we're all there cheering. Someone has a question, someone needs help. We know that we can, I mean, that's across the board in Romance Landia, but I will, I will say in the Latinx ROM community, we also, with what, like the Four Chicas chat uh, are Mia Sosa, Sabrina Sol, Alexis Daria, and me. And, and we just kind of by chance started when, when I was debuting, I wanted to pitch uh, an article to uh, USA Today, like their HEA, mm-hmm. and I, I thought they might be more interested in more than just one debut. Latinx ROM author, so that I, I pitched, hey, what would you? What about an interview with four Latinx drama? And they said yes, and and I knew I knew each of the other three ladies, and some of them knew each other. And out of us having conversations for that article, it just kind of grew. But out of those, it's more than us for our idea is hopefully to to be part of the slowly growing mm-hmm. um, thankfully Latinx ROM community and and the four chicas chat space on Facebook isn't just for us it's it's 
we like to think of it as our casa, so our mm-hmm. house, and everybody come on in, grab a drink from the fridge, and sit down on the couch, and let's, you know, vamos a charlar, vamos a hablar, un poquito de chisme, you know, a little bit of gossip, a little bit of cheering, um, a little bit of, you know, complaining or, mm-hmm. or congratulating about familia stuff. So I think in a nutshell, really, like, I started to bring it back around because I can talk about that forever. Yeah. The, the or the 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 apoyo right mm-hmm. that we that we give each other is important and there's a lot of ups and downs writing is hard there's good days there's bad days there's gray hair days mm-hmm. there's pulling out hair days but there's also days to celebrate and and um the little things you have to remember and the Latinx Ron community is amazing about doing that for and with each other and our hope is just that it keeps growing Um, When one good thing happens for someone, then, you know, maybe it opens the door for someone else. And I think we all are really good about trying to reach out and help lift up the other um, because it's important. Yeah, like I feel like, you know, like Adriana has such good foodie books in her like American Dreamer books and then people say well I want more of that and they're like well let me introduce you to Sabrina Sol uh-huh. you know and because you know there's often through lines and connection points and yes. you're like you can say look if you like this element maybe you want to try somebody else who's doing mm-hmm. this I gain weight just reading Sabrina <laughs> I okay. still dream of that pastry case I oh yes Oh my gosh. And- <laughs> yes. We, we had a Latinx ROM retreat, just a, a small one. There were eight of us that were able to get together last fall. And I'm in, and, and I'm in like a little bodega here, like a little Spanish market that they have. And they had pan dulces. And I'm texting Sabrina, do you think I can get pan dulces on the plane with me without without it crumbling you know, when we get there? And she's like, oh, my gosh, Priscilla, only you would text me about thinking about seven pan dulce in your carry-on. <laughs> I'm like, priorities here. <laughs> it's a retreat. No. Yeah. Uh, so it was fun. That was a, a really good experience as well. Yeah. So, uh, and I mean, one of my favorite experiences with you guys as a, a, a Latinx Rom community that I got to meet with a lot of you at RWA last year. Uh, so 2019 when we were in New York City and there was the, the Latin Latinx um, uh, meetup mm-hmm. and everybody like you guys were all coming and going because Mia was coming from an Avon thing and yeah. you were running from some other place. And it was like Rita night. It was like the award ceremony night. But that, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, so it was a crazy day, and, and so, like, I was there for a little bit, and I got to catch uh, lots of different people, but I was also really moved by seeing a lot of the pre-published authors who were there, mm-hmm. uh, who are coming from all places in life, who have found themselves, like, this is what they want to write, uh, and then seeing, like, yeah, and hopefully I'll see Natalie Kana's book yes, someday. Yeah, I was going to say. Ida Duque's book. I, you know, like, it, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, and like I've, I've read some of Lydia's and I want more people to read Lydia San Andreas. Yeah. So, so yeah, there, I think, where do you think it's going? Where do you think? Uh, I hope, I hope it's more and more. Like, like you said, um, I know Lydia just signed with an agent, Sarah Younger. Mm-hmm. So we were all again, like, yes, you know, our goal is more books on the shelves, more books on, you know, e-readers and devices. Um, I mean, heck, we want more of our books into movies, right? Into TV mm-hmm. shows. So world domination. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. Uh, we just want, there's room, there, there's room for, mm-hmm. for more. 
and, and it's not taking a spot from somebody else. It's romance readers are voracious readers mm -hmm. and, and you finish a book today and you want, you want to pick up another one. And I can only write so many books in a year, <laughs> right? And Sabrina can only write so many in a year. So Sabrina tells a story that uh, she came back from one of the RWA conferences and she had gotten me to sign some books, some of my books for her mom, because I write on, on the heat level spectrum, mm -hmm. I'm more sensual, closed door, mm -hmm. and I, I'm the I'm the cool on the other end of the spectrum, probably from the from the other ones. Sabrina recently wasn't yeah she was yeah, she, she was an erotic compilation yes, recently yes, yes. yes I'm not at the, I'm not all the way at the sweet end, but I like to think maybe I'm nearing the middle. <laughs> but Sabrina's at the at, you know anyway. <laughs> Sabrina took some of my books home and she, she messaged in our group and she said, oh my gosh, my mom was like, oh yeah, Sabrina, this girl has some Spanglish in her books. Is she taking, you know, like a space where your books are, you know, like taking, oh, right? and, and yeah. she said, she told her, no, I know mommy, no, we have mm -hmm. mom. No, there's, there's room for all of us. It's great. And so I think that is the idea that we, you know, we want to make sure we're, we're spreading. It's not that if there's more black romance, if there's more mm -hmm. Latinx romance, mm -hmm. if there's any kind of, right, it's not taking a spot. There's like not a finite number of, of books that can go out of rom-com films that can be mm -hmm. shot, you know, and, and put on, you know, a, a streaming or whatever. Um, but so our hope is the number of Latinx rom authors that we have, Sabrina created like a, a Twitter list so that mm -hmm. we can keep track of each other, that that number just continues to grow. And we have we have a movie watching party all together for somebody's film on mm -hmm. on the Four Chicas chat, you know, on Facebook. And we're all yeah. logging into whatever streaming to watch it at the same time. Who, whoever, whatever Latin, who, mm -hmm. whichever Latinx rom author film Breaks we're watching. That way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to be excited and we're going to be cheering. And um, that's what we want. And I mean, I think that's the, at the core of being friends while also writing together. Um, I think that's because if you're, you make those friendships and those things tie you together, you root for other people. You root for other people and, and feel like it, it can only make I think things better, right? Yes. It doesn't do any good if someone announces something and, and you're, you know, you're like, oh, why not me? Right? Mm -hmm. to, to me, right? That negativity doesn't help me creatively, right? So for me, I, I always try to focus on let, let it inspire you. Like, look, that's awesome, you know? And so keep working hard because that or something like that or, you know, or something different, but just equal equally as, as positive can happen, mm -hmm. uh, you know? So, and, and I do feel like that is the vibe within our Latinx ROM group you know, that something good happens and we're cheering and then we're back to work, you know, because mm -hmm. the next book is due, right? <laughs> Gosh, yes. Yes. That deadline is, is, um, is a motivator, but also well, I think I'm very thankful you've taken some time between your editing and your, all that kind of stuff to come and talk to us. Oh, uh, this has been fun. I always, <laughs> always, I'm always up for chatting with you. <laughs> now, her Perfect Affair, I think, fits a little bit into the trope of the month. And one of the things we do here at Book Pod is that every month we take a trope or a something and we talk about it from different perspectives because there's four different shows and with different hosts and everybody has their own perspective. And we all have like very different 
books that we read and stuff. So we'd like to like mm -hmm. expand on a common theme. So this month we're going to take on friends to lovers, which yes. is, and you know, I think that's an element within her perfect affair. There were people who they, they knew each other. Yes. Uh, they didn't maybe have the most solid background together, but here they're going to suddenly be putting parents and some things become real. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. What, what drew you to that trope? I'll say the friends to lovers probably, and, and I think that's the only time I've written it. Um, is my favorite trope in the sense that I'm I'm more about the angst mm -hmm. and uh, I, maybe you can tell my books like closed door you know I'm I'm more like the build up the lead up mm -hmm. the, that and for me the friends to lover is and and, and I personally am not a good risk taker so <laughs> that risk of wow. Are we going to, you know, are we going to cross that line? From, we have a good thing right now is friends. Mm -hmm. If we cross that line and it blows up, w w you know, can we lose everything? So to me, that that con that internal conflict is upped um, or, or is increased for mm -hmm. the characters. And, and as a reader, I'm like, will they, won't they, are they, mm -hmm. are they, are they going to? And then, ay Dios mío, they did, right? <laughs> and, and for, in her perfect affair, Rosa's had a longtime crush on Jeremy. He's a friend of her older sisters mm -hmm. and he's been interested, but, he, but neither one of them have acted. And then because they're both rather cautious people in their regular yes. life. So it takes yes. that just one night trope too. Of like yes. This escape from reality. Yes. So they do, they do get together right away. And because it's also, it's also like an unexpected pregnancy. So it's a mm -hmm. friends to lover, um, older sisters, close friend, and then, and then, then throw in the unexpected pregnancy. So, you know, they get together. The book then is, um, these two people that, that were friends became lovers are trying to go back to, you know, trying to figure out, they want to do the right thing mm -hmm. and, Jer Jeremy's right thing, what he thinks is way different from what Rosa, what Rosa thinks they should be doing. Um, and so that that's kind of what the book is about. Two people who are struggling to do the right thing and, and but they're, they're on, you know, have different ideas of, of what that is. Right. That priority of, for, so for Rosa, she wants to make sure that she doesn't get, trap anybody or, yes. uh, or trap herself into a mm -hmm. loveless relationship. And so she's going to make sure that, you know, it's going to make things, there's lots of uh, potential losses ahead for her by mm -hmm. making this choice, but she makes that choice because that's what she values. And at the same time, you find out all about Jeremy's backstory mm -hmm. and all the things that drive him of like, why it's so important to do the right thing kind of yes. thing. And for Rosa, she's the good girl of the Fernandez mm -hmm. family out, right? So everybody, expects that she would do what quote unquote is the right thing and marry the guy yeah for the what probably one of the first times she stands up for herself I think motivated by standing up for her child and, and like what you said she doesn't want to be in um she doesn't want to be the one Jeremy settled for yeah and and that's important to her and so they have to figure out how to find their way to each other for the right reasons mm -hmm. and not not because they think it's the right thing to do. That's what she is refusing to do. And that's what he has to come to learn as well. Uh, so anyway, it, w it was actually a hard, that was one of the hard books for me to write because they're such good people. Mm -hmm. I just wanted them to be happy. And my agent kept saying, no, you need to throw more at them. You, know, you need to give them more conflict. And I said, I just want them to be happy. No. Uh -uh. So that was hard having 
trying to write about good people because me personally don't want to hurt good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, I don't want to hurt anybody, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that was that's the one and only friends to lovers book, I think, um, that I've written. But we have some other ones that some great ones to discuss. Yeah, you added onto our list uh, Pretending He's Mine uh, by Mia Sosa. And I, mm-hmm. I beta read that one and um, because I beta read for Mia. And mm-hmm. yeah, I love that book. It's such an interesting play on the brother's best friend and then also um, friends to lovers and how they, you know, fake relationship, all that. Yeah, she's yeah. like tropastic. She's got yes. those, three, those three big tropes going on, right? Um, and Ashley moves in, you know, so yeah, it starts off with she's interest. She's always had a long time crush and he's interested in her, but mm-hmm. he's her brother's best friend and, and also agent. his agent, right? <laughs> so even he's got a, you know, a dicey relationship, like personal and business with her older brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that trope, and then she's got to go to a, a family wedding and she doesn't want to show up being you know, without a partner, never, you know, haven't figured out and her life yet, you know, and he agrees to, you know, pretend that, that they're dating because she's been living with him because she's in between. She has no place to live. She's, she's really flighty and she doesn't do commitment, but. And but she's she like literally working. Isn't she doing a, the flight, uh, flight yeah. attendant thing at the yeah. time? Yeah. Like so she's literally flying from place to place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yes. I mean, I think it's beautiful how Mia does it. So that's her personality, right? She, she flits from relationship to relationship just in her personal life and even in her professional life. That's what she's mm-hmm. doing, landing diff- different places. But Mia does her steamy scenes are oh so, so <laughs> steamy. Um, there, there's a scene in this book that um, they're side by, they're, they're sharing a bed. And, and, and something happens and, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's happening <laughs> um, while I was reading. Uh, so it's real, it's really good. That's, that's definitely anything by Mia, I think, and any of the authors that we're going to talk about, any of those, anything that they write, I'm like, uh, yes, one click and, yeah. and you will be thankful that you one clicked. Yeah. Like, I'm so thankful that I got to read the, uh, this whole series. Um ahead of everybody else you know like when <laughs> because then I was just waiting for people to discover the arcs are out and and you get invested um definitely because you see uh, where the writer has been going and and what they're tweaking and yeah I absolutely love Mia's writing and I'm so excited that wrong best man is doing so well and yeah yes uh, the, I hope the, if, the worst best man yes, yes. thank you I yeah oh my gosh that's another one there's a scene in that book with um they've like been she's been visiting like these this tulip field so I can I can even just close my eyes and I can picture all of the tulips and there's a car and a hood and <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. Check them out. Yes, yes. Food. <laughs> yeah, yes. And and the worst best man is um the the heroine. Um, I didn't write down the name. I'm gonna mess up the name but um her heroine is Brazilian and so yeah. the and the great comunidad, like familia that, that she has, again, it's just a, a beautiful mix of uh, Latinx Brazilian culture with um, sexy rom-com 
So the worst yeah. best man. It's not a friends to lovers trope. If you're looking for friends to lovers, then pretending, yeah, just, pretending just, he's mine, pretending he's mine <laughs> is that is the one with that trope. It's the tropetastic book. Uh, but both of them are definite recommends for me. Yeah. And then pretending his mind, she has a fantastic black hero. That's always really great to mm -hmm. see too. Well, that's something that I love uh, that Mia does is also uh, bring the, uh, the black identity uh, forward in her heroines and heroes. And mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, so that was one of, that was one of my wrecks. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about, yeah, American Sweethearts by Adriana yeah. Herrera. And this is one that, you know, it's, they've been, it's, it's sort of the culmination of the uh, American Dreamer series mm -hmm. where it's intersecting band of friends and they've been friends from childhood. And uh, in it, this is also a second chance. They've, Wampa yeah. and Pris have, have previously tried this and things mm -hmm. have fallen apart. And yes. now they're heading to a wedding of one of their friends. Uh, they're going to the DR and sort of like they're up close and personal again and things mm -hmm. are romantic. And and I love I'm a second chance lover. So I love this idea of of people trying to figure out, can we stay friends? We already did this and it was really tense. <laughs> <laughs> can yes. this work? Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you the other day, I can't remember. I I'm it's a sign that I'm on social media too much, but so it was either on Instagram or it was on Twitter. And there was a, I was having a conversation with fellow readers about second chance romances and mm -hmm. someone was, and someone said, you know, I love reading them, but in real life, all of there are a lot of exes in my past that I do not need to revisit. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and I said, so my response was, amen. I completely mm -hmm. agree with that uh, in a book as well-written as American Sweethearts is, I am so down for the second chance romance. I, I, I'm <laughs> actually writing one now, book two, in in the Keys to Love series, Ana Maria and Alejandro. It's a second chance romance. But mm -hmm. when it's as well done as American Sweethearts between Juanpa and when I first read it and I saw Priscila, I don't, I don't see a lot of Priscila. <laughs> so I was like, yay, I'm going to get to see my name in print. <laughs> Um, so, but Adriana does a fantastic job. You know, they're both, Priscila so strong okay. and, uh, you know, their, their relationship has, like you said, it's been decades, okay. you know, that, that they've had this connection and you're just wondering, has he done enough changing? Can she believe that he's done enough changing? Can she trust is, is kind of what, you know, part of, part of her issue, trust that they're that they're now at a, at a better place because so many things work for them. Yeah. You, you want to hope that they can, that they can, they can communicate and get past to, to you know, everything like you're, you're wanting that HEA for them. <laughs> and yeah. And so much of it is sort of breaking down that the, the front that you put out to the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that's something that happens a lot with friends to lovers is that people can see behind that what you put out to other people. Right. Right. They, that facade mm -hmm. that I'm fine or I'm tough or I'm whatever it is that you're putting out to the world, your friends, especially someone as, you know, as, as long term um, can often see, um, see behind that or they're the ones that you need to be able to allow to see behind that. And, and when that happens, even if you got to still have this aura for the world for, you know, for whatever mm -hmm. reason, but, but 
to be able to let someone crawl inside or behind that mask, you know, is hard to do. Super hard. Yeah. Yeah. But she, the, her writing is fantastic. Adriana. So, um, definitely that's book four in the American dreamers. Mm -hmm. And I recommend all of those books. I love them to pieces. And, um, probably my favorite was, um, Tom and it's a Milo. And, Because uh, one of the things I love about Tom is he's a, a Dominican uh, with a American father. And um, so people see his name and see how light skinned he is and assume he's white. And he's like, I got a surprise for you. <laughs> I'm really Dominican. And, uh, you know, and, and how that sort of that stealth Latinx experience. Um, yeah that can have its very own pitfalls because after you feel these microaggressions because people don't know that they're talking about your people, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, I think that's some of the stuff that beautiful stuff that Adriana is able to do in her box that she can put um, sort of a variety of uh, Latinx experience on the page. Yes. Yes. That's American fairy tale. Yes. Thank you. Yes. It was like the one that's Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> that's book two. In, yeah. the, in the Dreamer series. But if you're looking for the friends to lovers trope, then uh, our wreck is American Sweethearts. Yes, book, book four. Yes. And I feel like you can totally pick it up um, if you haven't read the other ones. I think it's deeper if you know Milo and Tom and all the other folks. But you can totally, like, if I, I'm your trope reader, you can pick it up and read that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of, I mean, the, Again, that's what I tell my students. If you're even if you're writing a series, you your hope is or your goal should be that anybody could pick up any book in the series and feel like they've got a complete read, but they also are introduced to characters that are in other books and mm-hmm. and they fall for those characters and want to go back and read the other books. Yeah. Um, you know, so hopefully, um, hope you know that's the that's what we work towards typically anyway, and I think she does it. Now, you have a book on your rec list that is on my TBR. I've been meaning to read it, and I really should this summer. It's uh, The Real Men Knit by Quana Jackson. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, well, tell me about it. Tell me why I need okay. to pick it up other than the fact oh, that I'm a knitter. She does. <laughs> other than the, that you're a knitter? Are you a knitter? Yeah. Oh, I'm oh, a knitter. I'm, I'm totally not a knitter. I, I learned to knit because I was in a play, and I had to be, play, be person, <laughs> someone who knitted. So I learned how for that play, and I had this long scarf by the time I was done that the play was over and I put it aside and I have not gone back uh, but Real Men Knit is book one in uh, Quana's new series featuring the strong brothers and there are four foster brothers and their foster mom had Mama Joy mm-hmm. she uh, has passed away but she has run this knitting shop in Harlem and so when the book opens Mama Joy has passed away and two of the brothers want to sell one is, you know, on the fence. And then you have Jesse, who the only things he's ever been, you know, that, that you could count on was that he was devoted to Mama Joy and that he was good at, at, at he was a player. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and um, Jesse decides that he wants to keep the, he, he wants to keep the store open. And that's when Carrie Girl is her nickname, but Carrie, you know, family friend, grew up in the community part-time worker at the, mm-hmm. at the knitting shop has had a long time crush enter the friends to lovers trope, <laughs> a long time secret crush with Jesse. And so it's, they're, they're good at the slow burn. And then also 
Jesse um, hasn't, you know, has to deal with some of his brothers, you know, want to protect Carrie because they've always mm-hmm. seen her as like a younger sister. So, uh, you know, so they're also then like hot, trying to hide part of their relationship. So a little bit of a secret, re- you know, relationship as the things forbidden trope things. a little bit. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, a little bit of that for, forbidden trope. And what I love about it is, well, all of the bo- all of the brothers are like hunky, hunky, hunky. Um, she's working on Lucas's book right now. That's book two. And he is Korean American. And I'm huge into K-dramas right now. I cannot wait for Lucas's book to come out. But um, that's book two. This one, Friends to Lovers, Let Me Stay on Target, is just the, the, the slow burn I love, but also uh, um, you know, like in our books, our, our, in, in our Latinx, we talk about comunidad, right? Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. family, right? I, ha- I have tias that I call tia and they're not, they're not my aunts, right? Mm-hmm. By blood, right? But, but they're my aunts, they're my tias, mm-hmm. right? you know, mm-hmm. they're, and Kwana does the same thing. She has, she cre- has created this comunidad, this community in, in Harlem of people, young kids that come and take knitting classes there, the older ladies that were Mama Joy's, you know, close circle mm-hmm. of friends who want to band together to help Jesse to keep the store open. And so it's this, it's this romance between Jesse and, and Carrie, but it's also the four foster brothers who, the one person that brought them together, the reason why they're, you know, quote, you know, mm-hmm. brothers is because of Mama Joy, she's not, she's not there anymore, but they want to honor her and, you know, and they are brothers. And then, you know, the community around them right. and, and how the shop affects, whether it stays open, whether it closed, how, how it affects them. Um, you know, so I, I just feel she's done a beautiful job drawing me into that community and seeing that community. Now you're giving me a little bit of goosebumps because right now as somebody who loves the knitting community, we know that a lot of those shops are struggling because everybody's closed, right? Mm -hmm. And people who used to gather in a Camino place, um, missing that time together, that that meeting point. So I'm like, oh, I definitely have to read that. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, and the title, the the cover is super cute. It's a, it's Mm -hmm. a guy and he's, you don't see the guy's face at all. It's like as if the camera is his face and he's looking yes. down at his lap. He's got his his knee bent, you know, uh, one leg knee bent crooked on, on the other knee and he's knitting. So you see his big boot and <laughs> and knitting. And then actually the, the UK cover is super cute, too, because it's got Jesse and Carrie like on different knit balls of yarn on opposite <laughs> corners uh, of the and, and the and the figures that they drew are mm-hmm. super are super cute you're like yes that that is so jesse <laughs> uh, so that the covers are cute what's inside on the page you know it really draws me in um it's a good to me a, a great example of the friends to lovers yeah yeah uh, you had on your list Playing House uh, by Ruby Lang. Mm-hmm. And I love Ruby. I've also, I beta read the second book in the series, the one where the the Latina realtor um, falls oh, for. Oh, okay. I, I, um, I bought the box set, so I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, yeah. Well, it, that one's great. That, that's an enemies to lovers. But Ooh. Playing House, is, it's, I, I really loved it. Uh, I read it on my way to RWA last year. Um Mostly because I was like, I was going to go see Ruby and I wanted to be like, yes, I've actually read the book. <laughs> um, and it was so cool. I mean, it's basically these two people, they've known each other through um, friends, but, you know, like they're friends of friends kind of thing. Or like, yeah. they know each other. And um, 
one, there's a house tour and they both love architecture. And uh, he's standing there and he sort of notices her and thinks like, oh, I sort of know her. And she comes up and pretends, lays one on him and pretends <laughs> that uh, he's her boyfriend. Yes. Because she's been on this tour and this other person's been hassling her and just won't leave her alone. So she decides the only way to get this guy off of her is to like have the boyfriend there. Yes, yes. And they spend the rest of the afternoon looking at houses together as a pretend couple. Uh, and they end up sort of liking doing that. And they have mm -hmm. so much more in common. And so I love that element, that sort of fake relationship. But it, And they've built a friendship through this fake relationship. I've only, I have to, I'll say, and this is when we talked um, a little bit before. I've yeah. read the, like the opening chapters mm -hmm. of this. And this is a novella. Uh, mm -hmm. or, or it's or a shorter book. It's a but, shorter um, book, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's a shorter book, but I ha so I have not gotten to their HEA yet. But when Faye comes up and it opens in Oliver's point of view, and already I'm like, yeah, I'm down for this. <laughs> Oliver seems to me that he is going to be, he's beta, maybe cinnamon roll hero, mm -hmm. which I am all about. Give me a cinnamon roll hero um at any day and for just to be clear because i've had people be like what the hell is a cinnamon roll hero <laughs> uh so a cinnamon roll hero is like maybe a little crispy on the outside but soft and gooey and yummy and lovable um on the inside but yeah. oliver right away like he's uh, when he's t when when that guy that's hassling them comes up and is like yeah this is really your boyfriend oliver oliver's thinking um, well, this is a big guy, so I might not be able to take him on, on my own, but, but Faye beside him, Faye and I, we, we can take him. Right? Uh -huh. And so right off the bat, he's thinking that they're a team. Exactly. You know, right? and, he, and he doesn't and mind if, if she leaves a little, you know, <laughs> because that's okay. That's okay. That's yes. not a threat to him. Um, and they both have a lot of emotional stuff to entangle. I think you'll, if you keep deeper in the book, I mean, one yes. of the things I love about Ruby is that she is able to make these very small moments really meaningful. Um, and where people have a lot of history, right? We are untangling yeah. our feelings about our parents. We're untangling our feelings about our career. Um, yeah. Faye, I can believe it's like recently divorced. Yeah. So there's all this um, baggage that everybody carries around. But that's mm -hmm. how we are as normal people, right? So yeah. uh, a little interaction will have a different weight. Um, and uh, they both um, find themselves, well, they find themselves looking for a place, for places to live and loving architecture and all that. So I'm excited to see more of that, even because just in the beginning, the descriptions mm -hmm. about we like when when Oliver's talking about okay so if they if they start wrestling with this guy right they're gonna like mess up this kind of wood and they're gonna like mess up this kind of banister mm -hmm. and I am not uh, a construction person so I would have to do a ton of work to describe the the rails on or um, I, I I that's some of the research I do you know with writing my own books if it's if I need to get into that but I'm excited to read more but I feel like I'm getting ready to enjoy uh, continue enjoying um a romance you know well written mm -hmm. because ruby wrote it but also like getting getting to do a virtual tour parade of homes yes. in new york which i i, I can't do one <laughs> because of corona two because i don't live in new york but mm -hmm. I, I i love uh, i love doing doing those parade of home things one of the things i enjoy doing as an author is 
going house hunting Mm -hmm. for my characters Mm -hmm. when they are like, I want to live in Jeremy's flat, like his condo Mm -hmm. in downtown Chicago. Um, Jeremy, will you Airbnb that for me? (laughs) Um, You know, Jeremy in her perfect affair. Yeah. And, and I want to have drinks on his parents' uh, rooftop (laughs) patio um, over sunset, please. (laughs) Um, So I feel like Ruby's going to, give me a little, you know, a little taste of a parade of homes in New York with these lovable characters at the same time. You really feel like you're right there with them, uh, nice. whether they're discussing closet lengths and uh, <laughs> rare apartment layouts. I'm somebody like my father was into real estate and then my sister and I, we, we've grown up with that. So whenever we're in a new area, we're always like on Zillow, like, oh, what do the houses go for here? Like I've lived in my house for 13 years. I do not want to move. But I love looking um, yeah. just because I think it tells us something about how people live, what the people mm-hmm. value, uh, what kind of homes they have. So, yeah, it, it's nice. a lot of fun. Uh, okay, so good. We can do a virtual home tour there in Plain House. <laughs> yes. And, th- and so that's the uh, book one in her Uptown series. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, I, I got it as a box set. Um, right, you know, damn. Yeah, if you read them, if you read them all together, you will see, like, you really get to know the community that they're in because there's there's internal connections. Okay. Um, uh, but you, any of them can also be picked up individually, and you just mm-hmm. can get a lot of fun. Nice, nice, nice. Now, there's another book on your list. Do you want to share a little bit with us about it? Sure. I don't know. I didn't know how how much time we have. We're about to wrap up, so we okay. can. Okay. Well, this so I would. Or do you have a different one that you want to do as your last book? We can always do that, too. Um, yeah, no, this one's good by Tracy. So this new one, this latest, by it's by Tracy Livesey, and it's called Like Lovers Do. And this is, again, it's so funny. If I look at the list of friends to lovers and fake relationship, I'm like, how many? Because that, that I was... I love those both tropes, so it works <laughs> yeah. for me. So, so Mia's it was was both and so is Ruby's um, fake relationship and friends to lovers. But this one, Tracy's series... I think it's so interesting is kind of based off of she has a really good amiga hermana is what we would say. So like sister friend group from college that they go every every year they meet for a, a get together somewhere and Tracy's in real life. And so Tracy's series is kind of based off of that for good friends that have known each other for years. And so this is book two, but the same way as like how we were just talking about rubies, you can read book two and you don't need to read book one. Um, this one is, so her series is called Girls Trip. Okay. And this one features the friends are, the heroine is a doctor. She's like this accomplished surgeon, but she's in the running for this, um, for like a, a fellowship and she reprimands somebody at work and it's like an intern I think he is uh, I think it is and it happened the kid happens to be um, a, the son of a really powerful donor ah. and so she's worried that it's going to affect whether or not she's going to get that fellowship um, and the hero who they've been friends for a long time his name is Benjamin let me look at my notes because again I'm like I don't mess up his name but anyway Ben is the hero and he is like the black sheep in his family. Instead of going into their business, he kind of started his own, mm-hmm. which to me, I always, because familias is so important 
to me and like in my day, yeah. in my life. So as a reader, I look for those familia connections. And so I already am like, oh my gosh, Pobrecito, <laughs> he's, he feels he's outcast in the yeah. familia, right? They're not Latino at all. I just add that in my, <laughs> no, in my, in my head. Uh, uh, but so anyway, poor, poor thing. Um, so I'm already wanting him to like, hurry up and get through your character arc so that you can be part of your, you know, your familia. (laughs) Um, And so he's totally not ready to get married or anything like that. And, and he's, and he's kind of telling himself when the time comes, it's not going to be someone who is like married to her job already. Mm -hmm. Like Nicole. I love that. I love that. I love the, whenever it's not going to be because it's like, Oh, buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know that as a reader, as soon as they say, oh, yeah, I'm not gonna, you're like, okay, let me turn the page because you're going to find that you are. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so sure enough. Um, and then like the fake relationship shows shows up because um, he's got an ex that kind of gets back in the, in the, in the picture and they're, um, they get to go to Martha's Vineyard again, a place I've never been. So I love visiting, you know, in, in Tracy's book because I can pretend that I've been there now. Mm-hmm. So Nick, um, Nicole, the heroine, agrees to like pretend to be his fake girlfriend while they go on this this trip to Martha's Vineyard for a week on the condition that or like in the condition that she's going to do this for him. And what she wants him to do is talk to his family to see if they can put in a good word to help her with her, fel- you know, with the fellowship. Yeah, so yeah. they're just going in fakey fakey. Right. <laughs> but we all know that when you are going on vacation and your fake relationship and um it's not going to be so fake for long no, so that's what <laughs> yeah and tracy just does you know uh, i think like all of the authors that we talked about mm-hmm. um great emotion characters that you can root for you know like ben super super sexy and i mean i, I already told you i'm swooning over him yeah uh, so um, it's definitely one I was going to say you can you can get soon. But again, while, while by the time this airs, it's out. Yeah, by the time this airs, it will be linked to in our show notes and people can just click on it and have an Insta buy and support nice. these fabulous authors. Yes, yes. Priscilla, thank you so much. Muchísimas gracias. It's so fantástico. I've had so much fun talking to you. Siempre me encanta. I always enjoy adding. I think it's always fun to it's a fun way to catch up. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely have to try to do it again. Maybe you maybe you'll open up my third season. Oh, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm down. I'm, that, that was such a such a strange coincidence. Yeah, for our 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 listeners, uh, right before we opened, our our producer let us know that we wrecked her perfect affair in our first podcast of the year last year when we premiered so it just sort of worked out because originally you were going to talk to me in the summer uh, mm-hmm. before we took a big break because of the pandemic so it just it's just sort of fun uh, <laughs> thank you for starting off the season with us um oh, encantada I, I mean te lo agradezco. i mean it's um thank you for <laughs> i'm like talk it all spanish here sorry <laughs> it's okay. um, I, I appreciate the invitation it's it's always a pleasure to come and, and talk about the books we love, the authors we love. I think that's uh, one thing I enjoy is kind of giving a shout out to fellow authors. We know how, how hard it can be writing our books and putting them out in the world for readers, hoping that they love them 
our characters as, as much as we do. So when we can when we can boost someone else, it's it's something I enjoy doing. And that's something that's part of our mission here around Book Pod. It's about the books that you love. You know, there's lots of stuff that's wrong in Romancelandia, and we can't control that, but we can control about the books that are worth celebrating, the books that we want people to love. And basically, we're here to celebrate the diversity of our community and in our books. So uh, thank you so much for being such a big Latinx romance supporter and a supporter of uh, diverse romance generally. Oh, thank you. Um, I, en- I enjoy it. I, like I said, just talking about the things that we love. And um, I'm humbled and I'm, I'm proud to be a part of our community. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rom Book Pod, Inclusively Yours, a weekly podcast celebrating inclusive romance one trope at a time. If you like weekly recommendations on inclusive romance, please take a moment to subscribe. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at Rom Book Pod. That's R-O-M-B-K-P-O-D. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, happy reading.